she said, Dear, come from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. On today's episode, we have Brent Cooper. Thanks for coming on, Brent. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Combination of the podcast, we've got, you know, sidearm submarine pitchers, obviously, but I also want just to have some some other unique guests. And you've been a part of all three of the Sidearm Nation teams that I put together. So kind of want to chat about that and learn a little bit more about your baseball career. I guess, you know, first things first, Coop, could you kind of talk to us about your uh, baseball career growing up? Yeah, for sure. So uh, originally I'm born in Halifax, Nova Scotia, played my ball in uh, Halifax and uh, just competed at the nationals uh, routinely. And then uh, when it came down to high school ball, uh, started looking at the United States and uh, had an opportunity through a teammate to go to college down in West Palm Beach in Florida. So uh, Indian River State College and uh, and then just returned back to Canada. And uh, that's when you and I crossed paths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I was I was with the or trying. I was throwing a bullpen or something for the Redbirds. I was going to make a comeback and <laughs> didn't happen. But <laughs> and then with you play on Team Nova Scotia. I yeah, so uh, I was in the uh, Canada Cup. Uh, we also went to the uh, Canada Games as well, which uh, we ended up placing uh, third. Uh, we beat Team Alberta in the bronze medal game. Sorry to say, Jeff. And uh, yeah, I, I often look back on that and uh, kind of think if they only had Jeff Freeborn on that roster. <laughs> Yeah, was that was that that was the Canada Summer Games team? Canada Summer Games, yeah, in yeah. London, Ontario. Yeah, I had to. I I chose to go play for Great Britain instead of Team Alberta. So tough choice. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Could you talk to us a little bit about your experience with the Yuma Scorpions there, Coop? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it was it was right time, right place, I guess. Uh, uh, Yuma had a roster of uh, a handful of guys that couldn't come into Canada for various reasons and uh, kind of opened up an opportunity for uh, myself along with a handful of other guys here in the Calgary area that had some baseball, higher level baseball experience. And uh, we were able to sign a, a Canada Day long weekend contract for five games and uh I was able to do some catching as well as some hitting and uh, just be on a roster full of very unique pers- personalities. Uh, we had everything from Jose Canseco to all the media attention that he brought to Joey Gathright and then everything down to the local superstars, uh, Drew Meller, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Freeborn. Uh, we even had Joe Sargent and uh, Brian Rios was also there as well. So it was really uh, uh, one of the best baseball spur of the moment, baseball moments I've ever experienced for sure. 
Yeah, and definitely a fun team like that. I feel like that team would have been fun to play on a full season for sure. Well, uh, I mean, just meeting and uh, getting to know the handful of guys that uh, we did have the opportunity to interact with. Uh, uh, one that sticks out in my brain every single day. I, I see him, John Zinger, uh, Huizinga. Um, he's doing quite well down in Arizona with uh, his uh, development academy there. So uh, always good to see the guys that we cross paths with uh, doing quite well and succeeding in baseball, not necessarily playing, but uh, uh, just having some success and passing on the knowledge as well. So, yeah. And even to see like James Hoyt was on that team and he won a world series with the Astros and absolutely. That was very cool. Kind of a crazy roster and Joey Gathright <laughs> made the bigs like that same season later on in September. And yeah, <laughs> he, he was a September call up for the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. That was very cool. And you ended up kind of out hitting Canseco and BP, if I'm correct, kind of, <laughs> or you, you had a pretty uh, good BP session. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, this story grows and grows as the years go by, but, uh, essentially, um, we, we were signed to our, our contracts and showed up for the BP for the day. And you're just trying to find where you fit in the totem pole. And obviously Canada long weekend, people are showing up in car loads to see Jose Canseco and see him take batting practice and all this jazz. So, uh, Jose, uh, was taking BP with every single group. Uh, and then the new guys got to hit in the last group. And, uh, my biggest concern was don't look like an idiot. So, uh, just guys throwing BP and you're just trying to square things up. And, uh, I was lucky enough that, uh, I took a great round and, uh, um, I didn't really pay attention to what was going on more or less just don't look like an idiot. So that's pretty much my thought process <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was definitely the most impressive round of BP I've, I've seen you hit. And like, honestly, like you, you were launching balls out of foothills. It was impressive. Well, uh, I mean, occasionally we'll cross paths in the old man league here and, and it always comes up uh, that time and you're, you're like oh, no actually uh, i don't because <laughs> i kind of blacked out but uh, <laughs> i hear it was great <laughs> but no it makes for a good story and uh all the kids that you're coaching and uh, it, it's just a fun fun time to look back on and um enjoy it uh, as long as i can and then coop like i mentioned I was, I put together three Sider Nation teams, you know, the first one, I guess we went to the Grand Forks International Tournament. Do you remember much about that tournament? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I remember all, all three of the tournaments very well. Uh, Grand Forks uh, was my introduction to uh, the Seattle Studs program. And yeah. <laughs> very, very impressive team. Very, very impressive organization. Uh, and then just the general structure of the tournament and uh, how they run things in Grand Forks was uh, pretty impressive. Uh, the one baseball stadium and the amount of fans and attendance and the late night game under the lights is epic to be a part of. So uh, that was probably right up there with the uh, Jose Canseco uh, Yuma 
experience for sure. Yeah. And for those that aren't aware, like the Grand Forks tournament, it's, it's, it's a, one of the biggest, if not the biggest semi-pro tournament in definitely North America. And a lot of teams have gone there in the past. Seattle studs have won several times. A lot of players like Tim Linsikim, you know, Josh Beckett, John Allerud, they've played in it. And it's definitely a pretty, pretty special tournament. I was kind of fortunate to, you know, they bought into my idea of putting like a team Alberta semi-pro team in. So <laughs> it's not an easy yeah, no, tournament to get into. <laughs> definitely not. And uh, I mean, I think, Something to take note is each one of these experiences, uh, I mean, you worked your your butt off to get into, and it was each one of them was a uh, pretty epic experience for sure. <laughs> yeah, I still don't know how I got in all three. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. uh, I mean, I guess then the next one was in Prince George, the, the World Baseball Challenge. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's ever going to come back. Um, I played it in 2011. It was, you know, Team Cuba was there. Jose Abreu was playing for Team Cuba. You know, 2016, it was a little bit maybe less of a tournament, but it was definitely still some good competition with Japan and Roswell invaders of the Picos League. Yeah, the, they... Uh, the- the Japanese team, very, very uh, structured, very militant organization, not talking negatively about it at all. They were no. a great baseball team. And uh, the fact that we took them, uh, we were within one run of uh, that first game we played them was fantastic. And then um, Roswell just flat out could hit <laughs> they were very uh some yeah. very large boys questionable on the uh protein shakes that they were taking to get that big but uh very interesting group for sure yeah and that was even that was just japan's like industrial league all-star team like i mean i'd hate to even play like their you know independent league all-star team or their actual national yeah. team we'd be <laughs> well i mean i we definitely competed. Uh, you got to keep in mind that we also uh, lent one of our better pitchers away <laughs> unknowingly to uh, our friends on the BC side. So uh, he yeah. ended up going five innings against uh, Roswell for sure. <laughs> and then lastly, I guess the last term I put together was in Holland in 2019, the World Port Tournament. And that was definitely a pretty special tournament. Um you know, I, I, I think even just trying to put that team together, I don't know if the players realize the caliber of that tournament. I definitely had players kind of reach out afterwards, like, oh, I should have gone to that tournament. But um, the team that came, I mean, it ended up kind of being a perfect group of guys anyway. It was uh, possibly, if if there was a battered bastards of baseball <laughs> number two, uh, this was definitely the place to film it because... Uh, nobody knew what the guy next to them was capable of doing. And within a handful of days, uh, we kind of (laughs) put together a squad that competed fantastically, all things considered. I mean, we're going up against the world baseball classic Netherlands team, uh, and, uh, like Curacao, a group of fantastic ballplayers as well. Um, but I mean, just to stay in ball games and compete uh it was with as little to no exhibition schedule 
Um, it was pretty impressive. And just the roster of guys that we had, like uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the bullpen catching with people. And uh, I mean, some of the arms that uh, I saw there were impre- very impressive. Yeah, like to have like that first game. I mean, personally, like that first game to beat Hall was pretty special for me for losing them a million times with Great Britain. But like <laughs> to have like Josh Cole mentor pitch and Bo Schultz and and Cole DeVries coming to to pitch for us, and it was definitely a pretty special game that day. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, again, the crowd support, the general support for the baseball community is. Uh, pretty impressive on an international market um in north america we're not necessarily exposed to the international market as much as i think we should be but uh uh that was uh definitely a feather in the hat for the the baseball experiences i've been a part of for sure yeah and i, I mean from a tournament standpoint i it was kind of like i guess we were Team North America. I know they were kind of saying Team USA, but we ended up, you know, I, I took a few guys from like Europe, like Arter from Poland and Sam from Belgium and Daryl from Australia. Yeah. So it was just this weird group of <laughs> the, the legend of Daryl George. <laughs> Daryl George. And, but I mean, like I said, it ended up kind of working perfectly. Like that would have been a fun team to have. Honestly, all three teams would be kind of fun to have. Like, playing a full year of independent baseball, honestly, but the team in Holland would have been probably a pretty enjoyable team just to play a full season with for sure. Just to just see what the capabilities uh, would be on an extended period would be very interesting to see how that play out. (laughs) Yeah, I know for sure. And then Holland's always a fun place too. (laughs) Holland is a very beautiful, it has some great scenery and, uh, the experience, the community's interaction is fantastic. Like just traveling around and uh, food and uh, shopping and everything was just fantastic. And then Coop, we had the pleasure. We coached in, uh, oh shoot, it was, it was Cuba, I guess, right? Yeah, we went on Dominican, a good will. Yeah, it was Cuba. <laughs> and then with uh, Mr. Bill Spaceman Lee. <laughs> yes, uh, I lo- uh, I would have never imagined I would cross paths with Bill Spaceman Lee, but uh, no. we had the privilege of uh, meeting and spending quite a bit of time with uh, he and his wife. And uh, uh, Cuba is definitely a wonderful place to spend some time with an eccentric character like Bill Lee. <laughs> uh, you you learn a lot about the. Uh, uh, so the baseball community, uh, through Bill Lee's experiences for sure. Yeah. And I remember at the, the, the players camp, he was teaching the kids how to defend themselves. If someone charges the mound and always good information, <laughs> especially for young children. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a hoot. He's a, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to kind of connect with him a few more times when he, you know, his wife's from Calgary and, you know, I, I he did even, the ba- he did the Babe Ruth uh, uh, yep. awards presentations. Yep, yeah, and just uh, he came out to you know one of our UFC practices. I think all the guys thought he was my dad, and <laughs> just <an> <laughs> interesting guy, but definitely a privilege to kind of be in Cuba with him for sure. He uh, oh, uh, again uh, another experience that 
I don't think anyone could ever dream up if they were writing a book. So uh, <laughs> maybe Jeff and I should write a book one of these days. Yeah, maybe. Hey, <laughs> Coop, do you, do you remember other than obviously some of the sidearm nation guys, did you have many teammates that were sidearm submarine pitchers that you remember? Not true. Like Jeff Freeborn sidearm, uh, maybe three quarters. Uh, would be majority. I'll never forget my first day, uh, junior college down in Florida, uh, left-handed three quarter side armor, 93 miles an hour. And I'm on deck and the coach says, Hey, Coop heads up. This guy has no idea where it's going. And that was my first inner squad game. And <laughs> it just, it sticks out in my brain uh, to this day, and that was probably twenty plus years ago. So, um, yeah, how did you, uh, you do? I <laughs> lined out to the second basement, but two two balls were literally. If I didn't duck out of the way, it would have hit me in the face for sure. Not comforting. <laughs> Anything from like a like a catching perspective, Coop, like. You know, you've caught a bunch of different pitchers, different styles, but is there anything like, like even when you're calling a game, is there anything that you kind of look for, you know, when you're working with your pitchers, calling pitches and or mechanics? Both? Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time teaching or talking to catchers about how they approach games. And uh, I mean, for myself, um, uh, a guy like yourself, Jeff, uh, I know you're going to throw a lot of strikes and everything's going to be around the knees and usually breaking downward in some fashion. Uh, you'll be changing speeds as well. So uh, essentially that creates a lot of ground balls for the infielders. So typically with the three quarters or the side armors, uh, you want to work in the bottom half of the zone. You're not leaving a whole lot up. And uh, you're looking for those ground ball outs or, or uh, lazy pop flies. Um, from an overhander's perspective, uh, again, uh, attacking the strike zone. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, just attack the zone until a, a team can show you they can beat you uh, and then adjust as you're moving along. So uh, I like to talk to my pitch pitchers. Uh, I think, Jeff, you know that, but... I, I see how they're thinking. I see what they're feeling like that particular day. Um, maybe if they had a late night the night before, uh, all the tools aren't working that day. So uh, we just go with what's working. Yeah. And something I've noticed with a lot of sidearm submarine pitchers, they, they do tend to nibble too much. You know, something that yeah. helped me was I'd almost, I mean, maybe mentally, I just almost think right down the middle and let, let the ball do its thing. If, yeah. if, if you're trying to hit the spot too much, especially with the movement that you're able to get with a lower slot, it mm -hmm. almost it almost can be counteractive. So sometimes I would almost think right down the middle, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it. And then the other variable is what if the umpire doesn't like it on that side of the plate, which you're nibbling on. Uh, yeah. um, you yeah. also have to identify what the umpire likes or dislikes as far as the strike zone is concerned. So. It's a, it's a game of cat and mouse. And, and I mean, when you're facing teams like Japan, uh, teams like Roswell, you, you kind of have to identify a little bit faster than, um, than some other teams that you play face. So. Than the FNBA. <laughs> I mean, FNBA a little different is really ball for, 
<laughs> really forgiving, but uh, at the same time, they're every team has two or three guys, especially this past season with all the oh, absolutely. Uh, college ball shut down. Yeah. Uh, the league really, really improved. Yeah. And then yourself, Coop, really, you you said you mentioned you kind of doing some coaching. What what's it look like coaching wise for you now? I, I mean, I, I have a two and a five year old, uh, both daughters. Uh, both of them love ball themselves, so they're uh, starting to get in the swing of things. But uh, uh, I did a lot of coaching through my late twenties, early thirties, and then uh, um, I don't have any head coaching job or anything like that. But uh, always interested in helping kids out, if uh, working with catchers on the side or any quite a few people we know our head coaches. So quite often I'll moonlight and help out, but uh, I'm not lining up to take on a head coaching role or anything like that. Just enjoy uh, be trying to stay in the game and keep the brain mental side of it sharp. And then Brent, you coached Mike Soroka when he was younger, correct? Uh, well, I was lucky enough to be around while he was being coached in the PBF program. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that I coached well, him. <laughs> when he was younger, could you tell he was something special or there's something special there? Uh, like uh, as far as, uh, I mean, you and I know 13 year old can see kids with size and kids with general talent, but, uh, Mike was a big kid and he had huge feet and he was kind of clumsy. So at 13 years old, I don't think anybody in their right mind would have said he is what he is today. Uh, awesome kid, super nice, love the game. But uh, as far as being the uh, star ball player he is today, uh, they are night and day from one another. <laughs> You were able to, you and a bunch of other guys, you went to his MLB debut, right? Yeah. So basically, uh, all through his his drafting process, uh, I was lucky enough to be one of the few catchers that was comfortable catching Mike. And uh, so all through his junior national team experience and the draft, uh, any bullpens that he was throwing for Ritzma, Chris Ritzma or, or any scouts that would come into town, I usually was there catching or seeing it and then uh once he got drafted and uh making his way through the minor league ranks and and you start seeing hey you might be getting called up uh then then your ears perk up and you're like hey uh let me know if this is actually happening because well i absolutely want to be a part of this too because it's not too often you get that opportunity in your lifetime to go see a kid that you've been around for so long uh, make his major league debut. So, uh, yeah, my wife and I uh, ditched the kids on the grandparents, and we uh, <laughs> took off. No, I, I, I literally mean that. I found out at like I was working at home. It was breakfast time, and it was literally like I might be throwing in New York. Uh, any chance you can make it down there. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do. <laughs> and we magically put it together somehow. So it was pretty, it was the, a, an incredible experience to be part of for sure. 
And he's a great kid, like for him to even come to a couple of my Calgary camps and give back to the community like he like he does. He's definitely got a good head on his shoulders. So definitely good head. It comes from a great family, big heart, it just loves uh giving back to like to the community and to kids in general. Uh I mean he's obviously got some serious talent. Uh and uh it's awesome to see somebody so uh, kind in sharing their time. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there for sure. <laughs> and then Coop, it's time for our ninth inning call to bullpen. So it's just going to be some interesting questions to learn a little bit more about you. Awesome. Let's do this. Uh, favorite NHL team. Oh God. <laughs> I guess I have to go with the flames. Uh, Calgary's the first city I've actually lived in that had an NHL team. So I'll go with the flames. Uh, favorite travel destination? Anywhere with Jeff Freeborn. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, so you're coming uh, to Ant- Antarctica in a few years, maybe? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good travel destination. But. Uh, oh, we're going to find out. <laughs> no, I, I really don't have one. I go somewhere south with ball, but... Uh, um, anywhere that you can enjoy a cold beverage and some warm sun, I'm I'm pretty happy. Uh, Europe was very. That was my first experience with uh, in the Netherlands, so uh, that was very impressive. And then all-time favorite professional wrestler. Holy love of God, <sighs> Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And then Coop, what's the capital of Kazakhstan? <laughs> Uzbekistan. Uh, no, uh, I honestly, the only experience I have with Kazakhstan is, uh, I may have interacted with a female way back in the good old days. And, uh, she was from, uh, had heritage and I know that it's affiliated on the Russian side of the, uh, equation, but that's about, I don't know the capital city or anything like that. Uh, I guess, like from the documentary Borat, it's Nur Sultan, but okay, it's a tough well, question. <laughs> not fair, <laughs> and I had zero heads up. <laughs> uh, if you could golf or have dinner with any three famous people, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh man, we've lost so many. Like the oh. baseball world has lost so many names recently. Just yeah. kind of puts in perspective, like all the people that you'd love to have a. Uh, have a round of golf with, but, um, I, uh, the Roger Maris, Mickey Mantle equation, uh, I would love to sit down and see, see what that was truly like in the day. Maybe not necessarily a round of golf, but, uh, definitely a cold beer dead or alive. Elvis Presley would be one. And let's, Oh, uh, Hank Aaron. I, I really, I thought he was a, uh, uh, really great individual on and off the field. I, I'd love to meet him in person. And then would it be uh, golf or dinner? I would love to golf with Jeff Freeborn and Hank Aaron at the same time. So, so we could uh, justify who could hit the ball longer. Yeah. I wonder if Hank Aaron, yeah, I don't know. You never know. Uh, what we what can golf? sure hit. What you... <laughs> Mine aren't straight, but I guess. <laughs> need a little lubrication on the golf club. 
sunscreen for anyone listening sunscreen. Put sunscreen on your club face it keeps the ball straight i didn't know that i wish Things i knew you that learned long on the- <laughs> I, I learned it from someone who did i learn that from <laughs> sidearm nation nation golf experience um is there a golf course like what golf course would you do Oh man. Uh, so, uh, I lived 13 years in Prince Art Island. It is a ton of really good golf courses. Um, Cape Breton, Nova Scotia has the Highland links, which is like world renowned, but I mean, there's, uh, anything that's PGA tour certified. I, I look, it would be the equivalent to stepping on a major league baseball field. Like the grass would be pristine. Uh, just anything that's PGA tour uh, approved. And then probably share a space cake with all of them. Hey, well, um, space cakes are definitely um, interesting cakes. <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's all I got. <laughs> I, I, on feel, that one. I feel like if everyone had a space cake at the exact same time, that would solve world peace. Well, we'd solve a lot, or we <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we would solve. <laughs> and then it'd be a good time. If you could be an Olympian in any other sport, uh, winter or summer, what sport would you like to do, Coop? I I suck at running, so uh, <laughs> I would I would probably have to say uh, uh, just for the fact that it would improve my running skill, some form of like sprinting or running but uh that would take a excessive amount of magical power hey i mean no it's it's your that's your dream so i can't take (laughs) it away from you (laughs) i just uh my entire life that was my biggest downfall baseball wise was running i was too slow foot speed so if i could improve anything across the board it would be foot speed do you know the name of the left-handed pitcher from nova scotia that pitched five seasons in the 1990s in the bigs five seasons uh nova scotian one oh. season one season with the jays with the J- jays yeah uh, uh Vern Hanneran. you're, you're Vern Hanneran? you're very close you got the you got the v and the h oh i I'm going to be shot for forgetting. Uh, I, yeah, just tell me. Uh, I can't recall. I know I'm going to shoot myself for this. <laughs> uh, Vince Horseman. Vince Horseman. Yeah. Sorry. Did, Sorry, Vince. Did you know him at all? I've met him twice, uh, just at like banquets and functions, but uh, um, very in, just laid the groundwork for baseball people in. Uh, the Maritimes. So I, I, I've heard nothing but great things about him. So. Yeah. And he's a, he's a pitching coach, I believe now. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, at, like at the college level, I believe he I was think. in the blue Jays for sure. Any shout outs you got before we sign off? There's so many people that you forget to name <laughs> and all that jazz, but I mean, obviously we, uh, we love our local baseball talents here. Um, the Sorokas and all the kids that are making their way through the systems. But um, just I've mentioned all the guys that we've played with, but enjoy ball and uh, 
maybe we'll get back on the field here, uh, hopefully this summer. But uh, fingers crossed this COVID stuff goes away. She said, come from a land down under Where women glow and men plunder Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah You better run, you better take cover Yeah You better run, you better take cover